Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever Patreon exclusive episode of How They Train. I'm joined by one of the show's very best friends and former pro triathlete, Beth McKenzie. We're going to be recording one episode every week that will be uploaded exclusively on Patreon. But me and Beth decided to release the first episode to everyone to give you a tiny little snippet of what you'll be getting. The episodes will be about 30 minutes long. We'll chat like about all things that are going on in our own lives, our own training, you know, ch- training in general, other people's training, triathlon news, endurance sports news. Um, maybe we'll try and answer a listener question every week and and just in general try and make the, the podcast a little bit more relaxed compared to the weekly interview that I do. Um, so if there's anything you want us to chat about, just, just send us in a message because we'll be recording every week and, and I'll write down a list of all the things you want to hear about and, and that you've sent in and eventually we'll just try and get through all of them. Um, we'll also be joined by Tim Reed every second or third week and, and on the other weeks we might get someone else on to join us or, or just go with me and Beth. Um, we'll, we'll really just see what happens and, and see where it goes. We don't have a name for this yet. Uh, so if you have any ideas, please, uh, just shoot them through. We we literally will just pick the best suggestion, I reckon. I might even put up a poll on the Instagram or something. Um, I guess at this stage, I'm just going to call it Jack and Beth and, and sometimes Reedy until we have a better option. So if you like this episode and want to listen every week, we, we'd love it if you signed up to Patreon because that little bit of support is literally the, the thing that keeps this show going. And, and we'll try to make this new weekly show worth your $2 or $5 per week. Um, the link is in the show notes or or in the How They Train Instagram bio. So yeah, if you if you sign up, thank you and 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 I really appreciate it. What I want to start this episode off with is um, something me and Beth were just talking about off air, and and that's Beth's run at the Gold Coast Marathon last weekend. You, you had such an amazing run, Beth. You're 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 like literally not far off being a, a professional runner these days, which is crazy. Oh, running is just I love it. I've you know, part of me this whole week has been like, huh, I should have, I should have quit triathlon a few years ago and really gave the running thing <laughs> yes. a little bit of a shot because now like I'm, I'm 42, so I'm not getting any younger and I've got two kids and businesses. Um, so I, it's interesting cause running's going really well, but I also see that like, there aren't too many more years where I can try to get my best time or really improve that much. But, um, I'm excited to see if I can in the next year or two, uh, do any better. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of room for improvement after that first alone marathon. So you ran two thirty eight on the weekend. Yeah. And um, what's that per K it's so on my Strava, it came up as three forty three per K and like five fifty nine per mile. Yeah. Right. And were you running that sort of like, did you expect that based off the training you were doing? So that was my, my goal was, um, 343 per K, like just under. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting because the, the course I think was a little bit long, which doesn't matter. Like I'm so happy with the 238, but like on Strava, it says that I was like a low 237, um, for the marathon, which only makes a difference because the U S Olympic trials, um, standard is 237. So with that, I would have only been like seven seconds off of that, which is, seems like it could be a cool goal for the next one. Um, I don't expect that I'll ever actually run the Olympics, but in the U S the experience of like running the trials, which is just a specific race for those who've met the standards. So whether or not it's 50 people or a hundred people, um, you run with 
everybody on that day and you do a marathon and then the top three people are the ones who go to the Olympics. Now I'm not going to be the one going to Olympics, but it would be cool to be in that race. I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate that we don't have that in Australia. I think like America have a few things right when it comes to running, like their college system is, is really good and, and makes running sort of um, uh, like maybe seem uh, like more of a career than it can be in Australia. Like we don't really have running at school or anything like that. So you, to be a runner in Australia, you sort of have to be, a little bit of a weirdo as a kid who who just out of nowhere decides you love running because it's not really the cool thing to do um, and there's mm. no system to get you from being like a 14, 15-year-old who enjoys running to being a professional runner. It's like sort of very like blurry as to how you even do that. But but in America, there's like a very clear pathway that's like seems fun and, and then, yeah. yeah. I mean, the collegiate system in the US is really big for our pro running scene, I think. So that's that's a big deal. And almost all of the good runners in America come out of like, yeah, the college running scene. Yeah. Well, none really don't do they? Like it's, it's super rare that someone becomes a professional runner in America, long distance runner, particularly if they haven't gone and, and ran cross country and track it at college. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know any, I'm sure there have been some, but you know, they get a, so much, um, they get scholarships and different things and there's just, yeah, there are really good pathways with that, which is cool. But as far as like the one day Olympic marathon selection race, um, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because last night I, was, I had dinner with Lindsay Flanagan, who she won the Gold Coast Marathon and she set a new course record um, for 224. And we're talking about the, the trials and she said, she's like, yeah, it's good. It's great that there's so much hype about that one race, but like you have to show up and be ready on that one race. And it doesn't matter what happened you know, the two, three years before you could be ranked world number one, but have a really bad day. And then you don't go to the Olympics. So I don't know, that got me thinking, but it's not really applicable to, applicable to me. I'm not at that level, but I thought it was an interesting take on it. it it's tricky because it's like, where do you look at it from? Do you look at it from the, the, like the favorite athletes point of view, the, the guy who, or guy or girl who, you know, it has the fourth fastest time, so wouldn't get there, but now has an opportunity? Or do you look at it from like a spectator's point of view? Because as a spectator, there's no doubt that the one-off race to decide who gets in is way- So much fun. So much fun and way easier, easier to consume if you aren't a nut of the sport because- how many, how many people go and like watch Boston or watch Berlin or watch Tokyo, the races where the guys run the times? Like they don't really, they just- probably see that they've ran the time on Instagram now or like, yeah. or maybe, maybe go and check a result. So I think exactly. like, yeah, having a one-off televised race, especially America tend to do it pretty like They do a good job. So good it. for the sport. Yeah, yeah. totally. And like, it's everyone all hyped up. Do we, we don't have a single running race in Australia really anymore that people turn on their TVs or, you know, put on YouTube or wherever it's streamed to watch. Like, Commonwealth games, I feel like is big here. It's sort of big, like, but Again, how many people actually watch that marathon? I, I, I don't know. If <laughs> I will. Yeah, see, I will too. But outside of like me and you are weird. We watch like, you know, we talk about how we watch weird triathlons on the weekend that are streamed like at 2 a.m. here. We're, we're not normal in that sense. I, this I, is true. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's a problem in all endurance sport in Australia, really, the, the lack of um, visibility on them. Like no one can really watch anything there's not a lot of excitement it's it's really just through like podcasts and 
um, YouTube race recaps and stuff. They're the only way people really consume the sports. Not many people are consuming like triathlon or running or live. Yeah, you're right. Live. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, I don't know, maybe an Olympics trial wouldn't change that at all. And maybe there's not like a network or a platform that would even pick it up. But I, I mean, it still would be fun for those who do actually fun follow to running. See. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and so to go back to your run a little bit, yeah. how was your training going in the lead up, Beth? Oh, so this is doing the Gold Coast Marathon has been almost like a two year goal for me because last year I trained for it. Um, and just four weeks out from the race, I got a stress fracture and didn't run for seven months because it was like a femoral neck stress fracture. The Gold Coast Marathon itself actually ended up getting canceled like three days before the race. So I didn't actually miss out on that race, but I missed out on any racing really last year. Um, and then this year I just, I decided that I wanted to do it again. And, but I didn't start running at all, like literally at all until December. And then, so in January, I started building up from like, I was only running about 50 K a week as of January 1st. So it's been a steady buildup, but like constantly on the up and up. And at the end of March, I ran a 50 K, which was awesome. It was a trail 50 K. And I did that off of purely base running. Um, I got only got up to I think hundred, 110 K per week, a couple of times. I didn't do any speed work except I think I did one or two little park runs. So like the five K park runs, you can do just to sort of test fitness. I did those. Um, and, but I ended up doing really well in the 50 K I won that and I was second overall. So only one guy beat me. I was proud of that. <laughs> but, uh, I think the big thing for me is I made a commitment to myself this year to like, to do what I could to not get injured. So it looks like not that much running on paper, but what, because I'm a triathlete by whatever background, um, I did, I kept I, my new year's resolution was actually to ride a minimum of 200 K per week. And so I've, I've kept that resolution. I've only missed the ones like one or two weeks when I've been traveling without a bike, but I made up for that in the weeks before and after. So I'm constantly cycling at least six to eight hours a week, every week. And I think for me, that's been the big, the big base builder through this build. Cause even after the 50 K I did a, pr a pr pretty proper marathon buildup, but only I did I'd, I'd average about hundred to 110 K per week and did only two weeks at 130 K, but I still had that cycling in there, which I think really, really just your heart doesn't know the difference between what your legs are doing. Like it doesn't know if your legs are pedaling or running. So just building that aerobic base and then sort of topping it off with a bit of speed work here and there. But I, I actually didn't do much speed work at all. I did speed work, but um, just twice a week. And I'd put some race pace efforts into the long run. And then other than that, I just did some like fake 800s on the treadmill. I was going to ask that whether you did much like marathon specific pace stuff. Like, did you do any long marathon specific sessions? Yeah, I, so I used to be coached by Melindy Elmore, who's like an amazing, she was ninth in the Olympics yeah. and she's 224 or 222 marathoner. I'm not sure. But she uh, taught me a lot last year, but I also ended up doing a lot more intensity than I think my body, <laughs> I'm just not getting any younger. So <laughs> I, I can't handle too much intensity without breaking. 
Um, so this year I just decided to focus a lot more on the base, knowing that I can get 97% of my speed off of just running. And, um, I had a good friend, her name's Ella McCartney and she's, she's an amazing runner. Um, and she's really up and coming, but she's being coached by Benita Willis. Who's, who's one of Australia's best ever marathoners. And, Ella would just drag me out on her Saturday long runs. <laughs> so I, I did whatever was on Ella's program, to be honest. And then on, so whether or not that was, we would get up to about 30, 34 to 36 K on a Saturday run um, with marathon pace intervals. So whether or not that was like, I think the biggest one we did was four by five K at marathon pace yeah. in that, in that um, run, which was great just getting used to that pace, running together. I, we both loved it. It was great. And and was Ella doing, were you guys both targeting the same pace there? Were you guys both running like 3.43 or as close yeah. to as you could? Yeah. Yeah. Targeting similar paces. She's, she's faster than me. Um, I, you know, whoever's better on race day, that's who knows. Cause she actually got COVID the day, the week of the race, it couldn't race. Oh, no way. Um, but she's definitely a faster runner than me. So I'm pushing her to do like a low two thirties now, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, but so we would do those together. And then the rest of the week, I just did easy running. And then, as I said, um, I would do eight hundreds on my treadmill every Thursday. So eight to 10, eight hundreds at around like 5k pace. And that was it. Pretty simple. And so another thing I want to talk about because your your husband Luke McKenzie is a is a friend of the show as well, and yeah. he seems to be really struggling lately. Like he he has had a few injuries, and and you seem to be beating him at every race you guys do. Um, how, how- <laughs> no, oh gosh, that's like it's like that's completely wrong actually because he has just he's actually been doing really well. He just had a few little niggles um, a few weeks ago. Um, but before that he, he did well in the Noosa half marathon. Like he's just really training for fun. I think, I think people think Luke's taking it more seriously than he is. Like he's just trying to stay fit and he's boyfriend training. Pardon? He's boyfriend training. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he likes to stay fit and has, you know, some, some running goals, but I, he doesn't take it quite as seriously as me, which is like a good thing. I'm much more like, Oh, I must get my training in. I've got to do this and that. Um, and he's more flexible, which is really good for us and our family because he's, he'll take over the load. If he's like, Oh yeah, I don't even feel like running this morning. I'll take the kids. And I'm like, all right, that sounds good. I'll out for a run. So it's so good for you. Yeah. But he, he had a little bit of an injury a few weeks ago. And then actually I tore my, hamstring and have hamstring tendonitis about two weeks out from the race. Um, I got an MRI and the, and an ultrasound and both the reports told me that I would definitely not be able to run the race. So I was pretty sure I was not going to be able to finish, but I was able to, and I didn't even run. I barely ran for the last two weeks before the race at all. So I've never been so tapered in my life. Um, and I think maybe that helped me on race day, the hamstring really hurt, but I just kind of you know, after doing a bunch of Ironmans, you're sort of used to everything hurting during a race. So you just kind of plow through. Yeah. So you noticed your hammy the whole, the whole run or? No, I didn't actually. So for the first half, I was like, this is amazing. I don't feel anything. I'm just like floating. Everything felt so good. And I couldn't believe how fast I was running for the amount of effort. And then all of a sudden, right after halfway, it like, it just seized up 
pretty badly after going around a roundabout and I was taking all the roundabouts and um, downhills like really, really easy and shortening up my stride because I was trying not to like provoke it. So basically like if I start overstriding or lose my form, it would really, really be very painful. And I didn't want to do any further damage. So I was really trying to minimize that. Um, but right around, yeah, 21, 22 K it just seized up. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's, no I'm going to finish like, oh, this is bad. And I just, but I just kept running. Cause I knew I was only about four or five K from you pass by the start and finish, but you have another 10 K to go at the end to finish it off. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just try to get back to this line because I need to at least get back there. And I was still trying to stay positive, but it really hurt. But then over the next three or four K, by the time I got to the start line, my opposite leg, like my left leg, my quad was like killing me, just normal cramps and everything that you would get during a marathon. And I was like, I made an assessment right before the thing, right before I got to that 30 K mark. And I was like, well, my left leg actually hurts me just as much as my right leg now. So like, there's no reason to stop for the hamstring because <laughs> that's not even the worst thing. So I just kept going, you know, and I did slow down a lot. I think I positive split by three or four minutes um that was going to be my next question how how yeah. like did you blow up in the back end do you remember what you ran the first half in i ran the first half on my watch in 117.03 yeah right okay wow so that would have been like if i kept that then yeah that would have been about a 234 um which i didn't keep <laughs> and that blew out to 238 so yeah i negatives i mean i positive split by about three or four minutes and what were you doing on the day with your watch? Were you, did you have it recording? Um, like what screens did you have on or did you have just a stopwatch like as the main screen or what, what was your, yeah. what was your move? Good question. Cause I was fiddling around with the screens like the whole week before the marathon. I'm like, okay, what do I want to see? And so on my front screen, I like to have heart rate, uh, lap pace. So how far I'm going for that kilometer or mile or whatever you set it up for, um, Total time and distance. Uh, those are my main four. And then on the next screen, I'll have heart rate again and um, actual pace. So whatever pace I'm going in that in that moment. And I really liked that. That worked really well for me. I got nervous. I normally am guided a lot by heart rate. Like I know what I can sustain for a long time, like what my threshold heart rate is. And so I knew I didn't want to go above the low 160s. But I don't know if you've noticed this with your Garmin at all, but when the weather's colder, like it is here in Australia right now, um, the wrist heart rate, the optical heart rate or whatever does not work nearly as well. So in all my runs, you know, the few weeks before the marathon, my heart rate was reading like 20 beats higher. And I'm like, no, that's not like, I know I'm not running at 160 heart rate right now. I know I'm running at 130 heart rate. So um, I actually took some so some steps to make sure that like my hands and my wrists were really warmed up before the, before the race. And it worked like I Googled all these little, you know, Garmin hacks and things. And I had, I did a proper warm up. I was wearing gloves. I made sure I was warm and it, and it worked, worked great. And you didn't consider just putting like a, a strap on or, um, or like a, uh, one of those arm heart rate monitors. You just wanted to stick with your wrist based yeah. one. I guess I could put a strap on and I have a lot of the Garmin straps, but like none of them have the batteries in them right now. I hadn't been training with it. I don't really like how it feels to be honest. Um, so no, I didn't. I mean, I'm serious, but I'm not that serious, Jack. Yeah. I, the, the, the wrist space one just doesn't work for me. Like it literally oh. doesn't work. And I, 
and I know that a lot of people are like this, but what it does for me is it just goes like, I don't know, for like the first minute it might say 140 or whatever it does and then it'll go to like 180 and it'll stay there and it just like won't move really. Like it'll be yeah. – and like I could be running – like I could be counting my pulse and it might be like, you know, 110 and it'll still say that. And I reckon I have like a few theories. I think it's like a sweat thing and a hair thing because I, oh. I, sh- I shaved my wrist where it was one day to try and see it and I reckon it was more accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't have very hairy wrists, so maybe it works better on mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Like because I've, I don't know whether this is stupid or not, but I've talked to – when I talk to girls about this, I reckon it's way more accurate than what it is on guys' wrists. That's my theory. Uh, so yeah. I think it's hair or maybe guys just sweat way more, which is actually it a thing. Be. Yeah, in previous versions of like my watches, it was really, really inaccurate. But I think over time, the software and the hardware has improved. Um, so maybe you just need to try again or get a new watch, Jack. Yeah, I have like I I have two pretty good watches. Like I I got a, a Phoenix or Phoenix Phoenix. I actually oh, yeah. don't know which one it said, and they're like they're expensive. Like that's yeah, they should work. <laughs> I it, I don't reckon it does though, and they're so oh. heavy. So you can't like running fast in them is like weird. It's so heavy. It feel, oh, okay, feels like you've got like a kilo or two on your wrist. Um, yeah. So I've just mm-hmm. been going with like the two four five music, which is like. Pretty much everyone has a, a watch similar to that. So yeah, that's a good one, I think. Yeah, um, and then uh, so so you said that you you do some park runs in in the lead up, and how often are you doing a park run? Oh, I wanted to do. I think I wanted to do four of them, like over the course of the last four months. So maybe once every three or four weeks. But uh, the last one I wasn't able to do because I was going to do one one week out from from the marathon. And I couldn't run at all. So I, I missed all of my last like final sort of speeds. But I like to, yeah, just do them whenever I can. And so Luke and I, because we have like our business Win Republic, we're constantly going to all the triathlons around the world, and but also around Australia. And we've found that whenever we travel to the races now, almost every town in Australia has a park run. So it's kind of a fun thing for us to do on Saturdays when we're traveling and it just keeps us fit and something to look forward to. Is the Noosa Park Run fast? Where does it go in Noosa? Oh, the Noosa Park Run is so slow. I'd never do it because it's not fun. It's um, it's out near Noosaville and there's like, it's just really hilly, lots of turns, very slow. I've done it a few times, but it's never good for the ego, that one. I don't recommend it. Right. But there are, there are a couple fast ones like just down the coast in Brightwater is a really fast one. And that's where I really want to go there soon and try to break 17 minutes, which I feel like I should be able to do, but I can't. It's pretty fast. <laughs> and um, the Majimba Park Run is also pretty fast. So like the coastal ones are better than the actual Noosa one. Yeah. Okay. Because um, this, I just had this, I had just had this thought then, and I, this could actually be fun, and it could be fun with with this podcast we're doing. Um, I'm coming up to Noosa in sometime in org like mid to to oh, i don't know sometime in august or it could be very early september but it's definitely one of them we're just waiting to see on work schedules um we should do a thing where we me and you should race a park run when i'm up there oh you would beat me any day of the week not no bet i have barely like literally have barely ran in like 18 months like i think i had done like three or four runs because i had like um a broken bone in my foot that didn't heal um oh. and it was crap and so I went the other way I started going to the gym and like 
getting a bit bigger. Uh, so I'm pretty mm. slow and I, I did my first park run the other day and, um, and like I hadn't done, How'd you go? well, I hadn't done any runs. Like I, it was like my second or third run back, something like that. And I was going good for about a K and a half. And then, <laughs> then I wasn't going very well. And I think I, I think like my first K was like three twenty, And I think my last K was like four fifteen or something like that. Oh, that wow. So then effort. what did you end up at? Uh, like 1830 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could be, yeah. I mean, if you're fitter by the time you come down here. I'm, I reckon I'm already uh, fitter. I just don't know how much fitter. <laughs> well, maybe you should just try to pace me to a sub 17. No, that's not as that would, that'd be <laughs> it, it, it would be fun for me and you, but I reckon we should try and get something going because I reckon you'll beat me comfy, which would be quite, quite pretty, pretty fun for the show. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, but um, we just have to figure out like which course we go and do and that sort of thing because I reckon a harder one actually probably better for me. Not Noosa, that's my only. I want to go to Brightwater. We can do it at Brightwater. Okay, Brightwater. Um, I, yeah, I reckon that doesn't mm-hmm. suit me. I reckon I need something a bit harder. I don't know. Uh, well, then you're on your own, Jack. Mm. I just like the flat and fast ones. Yeah, you're an ego runner. You, yeah. Whereas I'm more, I'm, I'm a tough Australian. I've runner. done plenty of hard races in my day. <laughs> you actually have. That is, that is actually true. Like you did a lot of slow Ironmans in your day. Something I've noticed about you when I've looked over your yeah. record and from, well, I, from following you. Yeah, I you. did pick because when I was racing, like for for money and things like that, I wasn't so concerned about time. I was trying to yeah win races, and I was often good at the harder ones, but I never got to do any of the super fast ones. And now. Now that I'm like in my dying death of like hanging on to a tiny bit of speed, I'm trying to do all the fastest courses for running around. <laughs> what are your PBs? What are your five, 10, half marathon PBs? Obviously 238 is your marathon PB, which we just talked about. Yeah. But what are uh, your other well, ones? Well, my half PB would then be inside the Gold Coast Marathon, which was 117.03. <laughs> oh, really? I'm Yeah. So I'm, and I was telling people this, like I'm very... I'm very good at longer distances at not typically slowing down too much, but I just, I don't have much top end speed. So yeah, I've, I've run a one high 117 before twice. Um, but yeah, that was my best one was the 117.03 at Gold Coast Marathon. That was on my Strava though. I don't know what it was on the actual mm, yeah. like race site. I bet it was slower because the splits were off. So I don't know. I'm I'm not like claiming that as a time, but I'm just saying I'm not that fast as the distances get shorter. My best 10K is like 36 minutes. This doesn't add up though, because if you if you're around 17 for 5K, you should run way faster than 117 for the half. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But that's what I I mean, I was telling my friend Ella beforehand. I said, Oh, I I think for the marathon I'll be able to double my half time and then add just three or four minutes. Cause I just, I also don't train much faster than that. Like I'm nervous about getting injured. So I don't do mm. much running below like three thirty pace really. Yeah. So I can't expect to go much faster, but I might try like in the next year, I'd like to try to get my halftime a little bit faster, like in the one fifteen or one sixteen range. Yeah. What? Well, so what are you thinking next? Are you thinking, uh, are you just thinking like find another marathon to do later in the year and that be like your main goal? Mm. I don't know if I'll do another marathon this year. We have, I did, you know, spend a lot of energy getting ready for that one. And 
we we don't have childcare anymore, like consistent childcare. We used to have an au pair living with us. Um, and that made training really easy, but now it's a lot more of a give and take with me and Luke. Um, luckily we have a treadmill and Zwift downstairs, so it's pretty easy, but um, it does take some navigating and negotiating to get a full work day, plus, plus running, plus running the kids to all their activities and getting them ready. So I might not do another marathon this year. I definitely would like to do the Gold Coast Marathon again next year and I'd love to do, there's a fast, as, as I told you, I'm like going for these fast ones, but there's a fast marathon in the U S called California international marathon CIM. It's downhill. Yeah. That one. Uh, it's not totally downhill. It's just like a really, it's quite a, it's known as a fast course. And a lot of people go there specifically to try to qualify for Olympic trials. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so it's a kind of a big deal race in the, in the U S so that's on my radar, but we won't be able to do it this year. So maybe next year. And then also Luke was saying, have you ever heard of the Biwa marathon in Japan? Lake Biwa. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's in February. So that actually might be my next marathon if we can swing it. Yeah. Lake Biwa is fast. Um, really yeah. fast. You should do that for sure. And a good holiday. Have you been, yeah. you guys been to Japan? I have not been to Japan. Luke has been to Japan, loves it. I have not been, I really want to go. Um, so yeah, that could be the next one, but no specific plans where we are planning on running like city to surf, which, well, you know what city to surf is, but Americans <laughs> yeah. don't know what that is, but yeah. it's like beta breakers in the U S right. It's just one of those kind of fun bucket list races, but I don't have any serious goals for the rest of the year other than getting back on top of all my work and having a good Kona for, for Win Republic and that kind of thing. So are you going to Kona? Of course, Jack, we would mm. never miss it. Yeah. I'm thinking about going because I just, I reckon <gasps> do some media stuff around it or make yeah, some videos. Good luck finding, you'll have to find a couch to sleep on because it's absolutely absurd. The accommodation right now, it's like two or three times the normal price uh, because they're having the races on two different days. I think it's really like, there's so many more people coming to the Island. They haven't had it in three years. There's twice the amount of competitors, which means twice the amount of spectators and the island is like busting. It's going to be crazy. Mm. Hey, you said you had an au pair, au pair living you. What, what's that? Yeah. What's that? Um, so ever since uh, probably 2017 or so, we've had um, an au pair, which is like a babysitter, but typically they're from a different country. So whether or not it's the US or Canada or Europe, and they come to Australia or wherever you're living for like a cultural family experience, but also to help watch your kids. So that's like their job while they're here. So we've had two au pairs from Denmark uh, that were good friends and one au pair from Finland and also a great au pair that was from Australia. So they would live with us and help watch the kids before and after school, like while we were training, which really helped when we were training full-time for triathlon. Um, our house is set up really, really well where there's like a separate apartment downstairs. So it worked out really well for everyone and they get paid as well. But um, it's just nice because, you know, in Australia in the summer, like 5 a.m., everyone's out the door and good luck getting a babysitter at 5 a.m. So if you just have somebody that's sleeping in your house and your kids are there, like it's perfect. So it worked really well for us. And I do miss our au pairs, but you know, we're not professional, professional athletes anymore. We're just hacks. So time to 
Time to be a full-time parent again. I assumed you would be like just as busy. Like I thought you would be as busy as ever and probably something like that would still be good for you. Or are you, are you way less busy than when you were racing pro? No, we are, we are really, really busy, but it's, our, our kids are getting bigger. So it's a little bit easier. Like we can, I can wake up at Typically I'll get on the, if I'm doing riding Zwift or something or the treadmill, I'll get on by five or five 30 and my girls will sleep until six 30, seven. And so I can pretty much be done by then they can get themselves a drink of milk or whatever, and then <laughs> come upstairs and help get them ready for school and stuff. So it's nice spending a little bit of extra time with them. Like I didn't use, used to really even see them in the morning. I'd just like say hi. And then we'd go out for like a long ride or whatever. So it's, it's good. We like it. It's nice just being our little family union unit and Luke does more than pull his weight. He does so much around the house and with the girls. So pretty lucky that way. Yeah. It's really hard to see your girls not in some form being like beast endurance athletes because they're surrounded by you as their mom who like how much time oh, would God, they spend no. watching you on Zwift, do you reckon? <laughs> Only when they wake up and they're like, mom, are you done yet? And they'll come <laughs> down. Um, Marlo's more into it than Wynn, uh, our oldest one. She's way more into like theater and stuff. She's definitely not going to be an endurance athlete. Um, but our younger daughter, Marlo, who's almost five, there's maybe some potential for her, but we definitely don't try to push it just because we know it's a hard life. Yeah. There's got to be easier lives out there too. Not many kids would be surrounded by a triathlon in the way that your kids are. Like it's a very rare thing that you grow up in a household where you're constantly going to triathlon races and like, constantly surrounded by triathlon i don't i don't think i knew anyone growing up who was like that in australia Mm, yeah i mean i I think there's a few more now but yeah i don't know they'll be active that's for sure i don't know if they'll be athletes though no but they'll have have free running and triathlon kit for the rest of their life as long as as long as they want it (laughs) pretty jealous about that (laughs) that's for sure hey i reckon we wrap it up there that was a, a good start and yeah, that was that was just a catch up that we recorded. Really, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it like that; that'll be fun. And we'll have I, to get some. We'll have to get some hot takes next time on controversial topics. Yeah, that's how you really reel them in, Jack. We need to do segments. Segments mm. are where it's at. Like, uh, I think so too. I don't know. Maybe like, maybe uh, like a controversial opinion of the week or something like that. Or yeah, unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Maybe I can do that, and then. We'll have like a Jack specific and a Beth specific segment, maybe a Reedy one. Reedy, no, actually, unpopular opinion has Reedy written all over it. <laughs> By the way, Reedy also ran at the Gold Coast Marathon and he did the half and he ran really well. He ran like a 111 or something. Yeah, I think he had issues as well though, which would have been fun to talk about. But mm. he was, um, he's, yeah, Reedy's, Reedy has a few like interesting things going on with his body that I think would be really like good to talk about but we'll do it next week when we have him on we can ask him about his gold coast then um sounds good and get him to give an angry opinion on something he's always angry about something so that'll be fun yeah i love that (laughs) that's what makes it fun i love that too um and i'm committed to this park run race we've got to get that building as well because then we can people can be team beth or team jack Uh, i think that'll be a pretty lonely place for me but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) love it sweet i'll uh i'll talk to you throughout the week we'll get ready on next week and yeah we'll upload this one on the main channel this week and and maybe the following week with me you and ready we'll make patreon exclusive and and go from there sounds good awesome have a good day beth you too see ya